Welcome to episode 262 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Hello. Good morning. How are good you? Good morning. I'm doing good. My laptop has been overheating lately since I got this very powerful new webcam. Oh, and man. I realized the easiest way for me to cool it down is just to flip it over. Uh, yeah, all the, <laughs> the vents are underneath. <laughs> I went shopping like for like cooling pads. I'm like, wait, my vents on the bottom. What if I put bottom on top? <laughs> we'll see. This is the test recording. That's that's how they get you to like critique your own artwork in college. Sometimes <laughs> is to just flip it down. over, yeah, and just be like, "All right, does it look like what you yeah. wanted to draw, but upside down, or does it look like something else entirely?" Um, but that's also the weird thing about laptops, right? Like they're meant to be on your lap, which your l- legs have all sorts of like curves and bends to to, to, to them, so. <laughs> <laughs> Air can get up in there, but it's f- flat on a de- 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 desk. It's just sitting and covering all of the vents, and so it gets hot. Um, but yeah, there you go. I'm glad that we uh, we could get your laptop well, working. So well, we let's wait record. until the end of the recording. Let's, right, yeah. let's not put our, all our eggs in one basket here <laughs> to see if it still behaves. Melissa, I have in a in in a anchor ginger root beer. Here with me this morning. Uh, This is one of these sodas that I got uh, about a week or so ago from uh, Pops Soda Stop or I I never remember the actual name. It's just Pops on sixty six or something like that. Um, But yeah, this is uh, an Orca beverage from Orca Beverage Bottling Company. 1987 mm, a whale did that all by themselves <laughs> yeah you're telling me a whale gingered this root beer <laughs> uh so yeah just something i'll be having up and just spit all over my face good lord oh. i am ready to go my mouth is salivating um go for yeah, it this is enjoy the beverage be on melissa in the meantime what are we talking about uh today on the podcast Last week, I offered you two films, one very much in the vein of Oppenheimer, which was The Current War, and one very much in the vein of Barbie, which was The Brady Bunch movie. And that's the one you picked. Yes, I picked The Brady Bunch. I I felt like. I, I felt like this would be the more fun pick, whereas like the current <laughs> war seems very serious and very and, and, and like that. That is the whole Barbenheimer yes. e- e- energy. Right. But I, I, I just I felt like we, we had to go for the Brady, blah, 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 especially since last week we covered something that's all about like thinking about death and the meaning of life and stuff mm. like that. I'm like, let's just watch a sitcom movie right (laughs) (laughs) where there's no more important issues than having two dates to the dance not even prom just all regular dance absolutely (laughs) had you ever seen this movie before 
I had not. And I don't think I even knew this existed. Um, I I am f- familiar with the gif that everyone uses, the <laughs> Shurjan, right? And I you, know that you use it a lot personally. the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I know it. I love it. I, yeah, 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 it. I've seen, I've seen some of the old sitcom back when it was on mm. like Nick at night or TV land or who knows. Um, so I'm familiar with the Brady Bunch, but I didn't realize, I, I guess that that gif comes from this nineties movie and not the old show. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was news to me uh this was all brand new wow this was a childhood favorite of mine i rented it from blockbuster so many times (laughs) last week when i gave you these pitches i was able to hold up physical Mm -hmm. discs that i own as a kid i watched a lot of nick at night i loved the brady bunch i loved just an unnecessarily large family When I was real little, my like two favorite shows were this and Full House. Just how many people can you cram into one domicile? Too many. That's what I love to see. Right. It's too many cooks (laughs) is one of my favorite films of my (laughs) adult life. (laughs) And I would rent this all the time. And I was so young. I didn't quite get that it was a parody of the Brady Bunch. I didn't understand what satire was at that point. Like, I knew when I was watching a cartoon, like, oh, that's Tiny Toon Adventures or Muppet Babies or something doing a spin on Star Wars or whatever. Sure. But with this, when it's like real people (laughs) and I can watch the Brady Munch on Nick at Night and go to Blockbuster and rent this. I'm like, I don't know how these are different. I think these are the same. (laughs) And the movie kind of is. I I mean, you're the same. It's right. Like, the movie comes from, I believe, the producer of the original show. Several of the original Mm -hmm. cast members have cameo appearances. And I was reading that a lot more were filmed and just wound up being cut. Like, it's a very loving, sincere tribute to the Brady Bunch. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Just looking at how preposterous it was if you put them in a more realistic modern scenario. Yeah, which is also kind of why we picked this one. Yeah. Um, Because we... uh, couple months ago I, I don't remember exactly when we read some flintstones comics uh that i absolutely adore i think they are hilarious and it mm. it, it kind of does that same thing where it's it's the flintstones you know and love but it's it's a spoof it's a satire on like modern day capitalism and how society treats their vets and all sorts of stuff they 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 touch on so much like what is the role of religion in society mm. Um, and it it's it's hilarious. And so that's partly why I picked this one, too, because I, I think they're kind of in that same wheel wheelhouse. Um, Although so yeah, the, uh, that Flintstones <laughs> comics, the it's taking a look at that bedrock society as a whole. There's nothing really significant about the Flintstones in that world. I was thinking about these other 90s movies that were takes on older sitcoms and that's what that live action like Flintstones the, movie is yeah, too. Flintstones so, one, yeah. And this one is nope, we picked up the Brady Bunch exactly as they existed on TV in the early 70s and just dropped them into 1995. And it's how 1995 is looking at them weird. 
and they yeah. don't realize anything is wrong. Like that, to be honest, though, also feels like what a good like 90s Flintstones movie would be. Just like, what if they <laughs> also just that. didn't sell their house and they stayed there all the way to the 1990s? And it's the Flintstones you know and love, but in the 1990s, and they just have their little <laughs> rock house and their little right. Pe- it's just LA freeway and- traffic, and <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> there's Fred walking his car to work. Yeah, <laughs> he works at a exactly. contemporary oil refinery, but he's the only one who has a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah <laughs> man out of time um mm-hmm. yeah so pl- basic plot synopsis for <laughs> the Bur- brady bunch there's not much uh, of the one, brady's to be honest. are they exist as you remember them uh just in an la that has grown up around them and their next door neighbor Mi- next door neighbor michael mckean is a real estate agent who wants to sell their entire neighborhood to build a mini mall on the land and everybody else in the neighborhood has agreed except for the Brady's. So he's trying to get them to sell their house. Uh, and because they live next door, their mail keeps getting mixed up with each other. So mm-hmm. he has been withholding mail from them. And when he finally sends it over, the Brady's realize we owe $20,000 in back taxes. And if we don't get it by this week, they will auction off our house and then Michael McKeon can buy it. Yeah. Um, d- does not get him points for the good place, I will say. No. Uh, <laughs> we've I'm also very been happy we've gotten to see two sides of place. Michael yeah. McKeon recently, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I pointed that out to my girlfriend. I was like, does he look familiar? And she's like, I don't know. May- I think I've seen him in something. I was like, if he's in the good pl- p- place, we just <laughs> saw him. <laughs> she's just like, oh, wow, because he's so much younger uh, here in mm-hmm. in this and of course I, I also know him from better call Saul uh, he's in ah. that that show too um, but uh, yeah like this it's it's I feel like this movie is a pretty standard slash straightforward like 90s movie plot yes like it's 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 not it, it's not so well, I, I guess it is. It's kind of b- boilerplate is like the most mm-hmm. like mean spirited thing I could say about it. Not that mm. I'm wanting to say something mean, but uh, yeah, it's 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 fairly standard. It it there's nothing that comes to anyone's surprise, I feel like. But I mm. I, I feel like that's all it needs, because part of what yeah. makes this so cool is that. Yes, everything looks and is shot exactly like the sitcom. So it 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 looks like a sitcom uh, when they are f- f- filming it, except for when they go to school or when they go to yeah. like the neighbor's house next door. Everything inside their home looks exactly yes. like the old the old show. Uh, and I think that's incredible. Just like the way they shot it, the way they wrote the script, the actors all look spot on incredible i am amazed at the caliber of performances that are in this movie especially from these the these younger actors playing all the kids like the only one i recognize is christine taylor who plays Marsha. you know from uh, zoolander and many other contemporary comedies i don't know the other actors yeah 
Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know the other actors, but each of them, down to the littlest kids, are so precise in what they are doing. Yeah, it it's is great. such a strength. Like, I think the movie is cast very well, even if the plot isn't original because it doesn't need to be. I think the script is pretty tight. There's stuff that is introduced and then called back later, and it was introduced in such a way that at least to me as a little kid and me as an adult watching this movie again for the first time in like 15 years, like I didn't realize, oh, the carjacker guy is going to be part of the final race to get home at the end <laughs> yeah, of the movie. it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say I had a blast at this, not having seen this before, not really knowing what to expect. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> um it's 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 a really e- easy light movie that you can just kind of put on and enjoy um mm-hmm. and I, I think that's really cool that's a g- good thing it's a good it's, it's a strength of this movie um and then just from like looking up some of the a- actors as i was like who is this who who plays the uh they made a sequel to this one yes i also um, own the sequel I yeah I it's do you happen to is that one like just as enjoyable and fun or is it me as a little kid it was I I also have not seen it in quite a long time but that one has uh that's like the Hawaiian vacation plot like uh Carol's ex-husband comes back who they all believed was dead turns out he, he is actually alive he comes back he's trying to just bilk the Brady's for all their money. Everybody goes on a big family vacation to Hawaii. The kids find a cursed <laughs> artifact. Uh, Greg and Marsha both fight over having the room in the attic. <laughs> it's all the <laughs> other stuff you remember. They probably break the, the horse statue in the second movie. Probably. I'm going yeah. to rewatch it, but I didn't remember it with enough clarity. Well, I just recalled the entire plot for you, but I'm like, let's just do the first one. We don't. I'm not also going to make you watch the sequel if I am not even certain that the first movie holds up to today. <laughs> but I'll watch but yeah. it on my own time and report back. Yeah, we were thinking of watching it because this one was so enjoyable. We were like, why not? Let's maybe go watch that next week. Um, but but yeah, I, I guess that's to say if you in, enjoyed this first one, there is, there is a more. sequel out there. And of course, this is Barb and Heimer Weeks. So you can also go see Barbie later this week, which is getting phenomenal r- reviews. So there you go. Of course. Yeah, I I thought this out of all the movies I could think of, I could have gone for something like Legally Blonde that's more obvious we have a main character who is a mm-hmm. a Barbie uh, peer. <laughs> but this one, I figured, was the best example of these larger-than-life characters who exist in this larger-than-life world. It's another movie that has, like, exact set design trying to recreate something. And those characters just have to interact with the normal world. Yeah, yeah. This feels very much in the spirit of barbie um so good stuff with that i yeah i i had a blast i, I don't mm-hmm. know if i have much else to to say on this movie spoiler free it's a lot of fun go check it out um yeah i i enjoy enjoyed it recommend definitely recommend. okay good I'm, I'm happy you liked it this is one of the like core texts 
of little Melissa's movie going life. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, well, with that, we will take a quick break for some housekeeping. And when we come back, we will start diving into the movie a little bit more in depth. So stick around. We'll be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back once again. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. We appreciate you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you indeed. Uh, Over on the Pilots Club, our Patreon exclusive podcast, uh, we talked about Cable Girls this month. It is a show on Netflix uh, that helps to launch Netflix Spain. It's a uh, like a Spanish soap opera set in the 1920s uh, about a number of women that take jobs as switchboard operators. Uh, and uh, all of the reasons for them doing so, all of the obstacles they have to overcome as women now in the workforce, as well as trying to steal money from the company and running into (laughs) your exes and all sorts of stuff. It It was an interesting, fun one to talk about for sure. So go check that out at our $3 tier and above. Um... Right here on the review show last week, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but we got to talk about a favorite comic book of mine called The Many Deaths of Lila Starr. Uh, it's a graphic novel by Ram V and Felipe Andrade. Uh, beautiful artwork, beautiful colors, poetic ra- writing that, yeah, talks a lot about the meaning of life and death and its place and importance uh, in, in life. Um, and that's one that has stuck with me in recent years and has made me think and has affected me qu- qu- quite a bit. Um, so I recommend going to check that out over on the captain's log. Uh, this past week, we got to talk about uh, g- 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 going to see movies like Joyride and Mission Impossible. Um, we got to talk about some of the Superman legacy casting that ha- happened uh, and uh, the the actors strike that also just got started this p- past week. Uh, so shout out to everyone who is on strike right n- 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 now. Uh, we are definitely in support um, here at the Whatnots. 
Then, last but not least, over on the reactor core, um, we still are going strong on our reactions to Secret Invasion. Uh, so if you are into that show, uh, we will have our final installment on that, not next week, but the week after, in about two weeks' time here. Uh, and speaking of Mission Impossible, we recorded a Mission Impossible spoiler cast. Uh, so if you guys went to go see Dead Reckoning Part 1, that will be up uh, by time this goes live. Sh- should be up the, this, the, this afternoon, right after we record nice. this. But um, yeah, by by time this goes live, it will already be up. So go check it out. Yeah, that is about all of the housekeeping for you right now. So let's get into spoilers for the Brady Bunch. There you go. Uh, can 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 we start with the cameos? Because I I, I I think sure. that's a good like heartwarming place to 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 start um with these so you you said that it sounds like there was a a couple cameos that were filmed but did not make it in is that right yeah i think the ones that made it in are the original alice who Mm -hmm. who still looks great for her age and once you see her on screen you realize how much this movie's alice is like cast just looks just like her style just like her it's so nice uh you know, the original Greg and then the joke at the end of the movie is like, kids, let's go visit grandma. And then grandma is Florence Henderson. Absolutely, yeah, the, there yeah. were more. There might have been something else that I missed just because I went into the kitchen to get a pizza out of the oven. Ah, I see. <laughs> there's, there's so you didn't more... even watch the movie. That's what Marissa is <laughs> spoiling. <laughs> I saw I, I, I'm like there might have been somebody on screen for two minutes when I'm in the kitchen and I don't know them by voice. Yeah, like the, the those those two specifically, Alice and and the mom, those mm. two were like in your face. Like here are like these are mm. cameos, right? There there might have been like one of the kids in the back around or a. a teacher at school or something like that that i just didn't recognize that they did not Mm -hmm. it it didn't seem like hey this is Mm. a cameo right um that's certainly a possibility but i think seeing alice the the original uh one be the 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 trucker that uh (laughs) that that jan hitchhikes with is so sweet uh you Mm. you know they 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 give each other life advice and they have this heart to 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 heart there and it's just this like nice warm fuzzy feeling of just like oh it's Mm. the old alice still taking care of the kids right um yeah and that that i think was a blast that is one of the highlights of the film um and then yeah at the end when they go see grandma it is the original mom. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, they they play that one a little more for jokes as she's just like, yes. oh, look at you. And it looks like she's gesturing to yes. all of the family. But she goes straight uh, for Marsha and just like, you've grown yes. so much. You look so beautiful. Mm-hmm. This color looks great on you. Uh, Marsha is clearly the Barbie of this movie. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, poor Jan or we'll we'll, we'll get to her in, in a sec. <laughs> but then the mom like looks at her and it just goes like, get a hold of yourself. And then everything stops and she's fine. She's back to normal. And it's just like, what? <laughs> this is, this is right. ridiculous. <laughs> right. When when Grandma Florence Henderson tells Jan to cut the crap that was i think the most extreme sentence i had ever heard in my life when i was like seven years old watching. wow she said crap i this might have been the first time i heard the word crap <laughs> i was watching this thinking about how there were like certain things i did get or even if i didn't know specifically what it was i was like i know that is an adult joke i didn't tell you what the joke is but i know that is one and other things that like went absolutely over my head and and sure. some things that like uh, to speak of the non-Brady cameos in the movie, Jan goes to see your school guidance counselor, who is RuPaul. Yep. The scene I always enjoyed because RuPaul is like, what are you here to see me about? Drug addiction, teen pregnancy, bulimia. And Jan's like, I don't like wearing my glasses. <laughs> yeah. And RuPaul turns to give her the, I think her character's, the character is Miss Cummings. Uh, and at the end, Miss Cummings like, well, uh, try these things, you know, try to, you know, you're a middle child, try and change, your, change yourself up, change your look, change your feel, and call me when you get pregnant. <laughs> like, she just wants the most exciting, dramatic yeah. story out it's of like, the ooh, we, ha we have an issue here that we have to right. deal with. And watching right? it Not again. Get, con um, get contacts. <laughs> yes, right. Watching it again, I'm like, I think that's interesting that there is no specific reason why it has to be RuPaul in that scene. Like RuPaul does a great job as a real presence. <laughs> but so like I, that was, seems like it was scripted to be anybody. And I kind of like that it was a cameo that did not rely on you knowing who the person was. So even if you're seven years old, the joke sure, can yeah. still play on you. Yeah. When so I I've only ever been to one drag show. Mm. I don't really know anything about, about it or all mm -hmm. that stuff. When did RuPaul start? like coming into popularity the mainstream all of that stuff because like would this be a couple I, years I after like would she would she be a hot commodity right i they use her song they use you better work cover girl she says you'd better work like it seems like rupaul is already a recognizable figure at the time this movie came out in 1995 so i would presume in the late 80s or early 90s okay yeah yeah, that makes sense. Because like that, that that's what it felt like to me is that like this is it 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 felt like having Hannibal Barres in 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 Spider Man, <laughs> right? I'm just like, oh, here's here's a like a comedian that everyone nowadays uh -huh. knows. Yeah, that right? might just be what it is. Who's just a great you know comedy person? Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have to be doing their own. I don't. Uh, I want to say their own shtick, but, you know, d doing something akin to their own act and their own other performances. Let's just get somebody we like who's got good energy and yeah. the script stays how it was. Yeah. Um, but so th th this, I, th I think, is a good segue to Jan and s some of the more interesting things about the film, I think. Uh, mm. But also maybe some of the missed opportunities, but also that's not what that this movie was so i understand it and, yeah anyways 
Jan is the middle child of of the girls, and she is kind of plagued with these inner voices, these almost shoulder angels that you don't see, you only hear. And it it seems like she's going crazy, like she's losing it, and. I thought that was one of the more interesting things about that, like this take on the Brady bunch here is they start to introduce some kind of mental illness or some kind of something like that. But then they don't really ever do anything with it other than jokes, uh, other than mm. she makes some like strange face as she hears <laughs> these inner voices and then ends which, up like screaming the last the twitching thing. Yeah. and like the demonic kill oh yeah. kill kill yeah. voices yeah. in her head i i i loved all of those his hands i thought they were fantastic but yeah like the movie is not one that is like truly wanting to explore like hey let's actually deconstruct the Brady Bunch. Yes. What kind of traumas does the middle child actually have here? What can we do? Like, it's not a serious movie in yeah. that way. So this is all played for laughs. And at the end, when they go visit Grandma and she's just like, cut the crap and she's fixed. It's also just like, well, oh, yeah, all right, I guess it's the Brady Bunch. What was I expecting? Right. <laughs> um. But I, yeah, I, I, I do have to say I thought that was one of the more like interesting things mm. that they did here that was different from like the original sitcom and not just like a heightened like I, I'm assuming they must have had like inner monologues on the old show. I not that I remember. If they did, it must have been occasionally and not often enough that it's it certainly wasn't a, a narrative structure that the show used. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm it's just something that I, I feel like is kind of of the time to have some kind of just mm. the character he hesitates to say something and then you hear the like voiceover that's like, I wonder mm. if he's really thinking about me. Right. Um, yeah. It feels like Spider-Man, Peter Parker, his narration, <laughs> right? Which it, it, he mm. was also from these hexties and and stuff yeah. like that. So it feels of the time for them to do do that. Um, and yeah, and on on one hand, I wish they kind of looked into that a little more and did something else I, with it but it's also like this is just it's dumb fun right, right like the amount of deconstruction that this movie is up to is <laughs> what if mike brady the architect designs every single building to just also look like his exact house same yeah <laughs> My house is perfect. The the quintessential right. design, the quintessential yeah. example of architecture, right? Mm -hmm. The Vatican? No, my house. Right. Like he doesn't even seemingly realize what he's doing. He doesn't do it on purpose. He just thinks, what's the best design I can come up with? It's like a well, different it's going color, to be this slant a different of roof. Bush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Only the trees on the little model are different. <laughs> and he 
He's just like, well, that was strike one and that didn't work, but I'll try again tomorrow. Like he doesn't lose faith while his boss at the architecture firm is just like, oh no. Oh, we can't. This isn't a gas station. This isn't a burger restaurant. This isn't a gym. Um, that like, that's, that's also something that I think they nailed about the original show is that shows like that, whenever there was an issue, when there was a problem, there was this odd sense of optimism about yeah. older sh- shows like that of like uh, a stick itiveness, right? If 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 we just stick together, mm. if we do the right thing, we can overcome it. Um, and it's interesting because we're also watching Secret Invasion uh, right now, <laughs> Marvel's Secret Invasion. <laughs> And there's kind of yeah. a scene where like that philosophy is discussed in in that, and mm. then yeah, 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 another character reacts to that in a way way that's just like that's that's not a plan. Yeah, like what 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 are you talking about? Like you, you, that won't work. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, there's just this like sense of hope and optimism uh, that this whole movie has. Uh, that I it, it just it makes it fun, which is good. Yeah, and I think that is why this movie was made to celebrate the genuinely uplifting parts of the Brady Bunch. It's looking at it's like poking holes in the show, but also looking at why did this work? Why? And I I was reading that it wasn't that big of a deal while it was airing, but it just became a huge hit in syndication. Sure, it was yeah. in the generations afterward, including right down to me that like it yeah. made the thing iconic. And I think it's that the whole situation of there being a Brady Bunch is kind of a miracle. It is like the the opening song is here's the story. It's presented like a fairy tale, like a, a fable. Myth. Yeah. Once once there was a woman with three girls, hairs of gold. And once there was a man with three boys and they met each other and they got married. And the whole family lived together in harmony. An Alice was there to love yeah. and support them also. <laughs> yes. Like the idea that these people would find each other and fit their lives together so neatly like little puzzle pieces. And you know, bring in this wonderful, loving caretaker like Alice, who's such a valued part of the family. They all like love and respect and admire Alice so much. There's never any complaining Nobody's there against their will. It's yeah. just this perfect Camelot utopia, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> like, it's a celebration of small acts of magic like that. Like, the Brady Bunch have never saved the world. They've never done anything more <laughs> tremendous than probably having, like, a recycling fair at school or something like that. But just that <laughs> these people found each other and created a sincerely loving home is it's it's inspiring. I think that's why it has prevailed throughout the years. Does it prevail to this day? I don't know. I watched this with my roommate who is a handful of years younger than I am. And she sits down and she looks at the family and she says, so how many kids are there? And I'm like, six. Famously, there are six. There you go. Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah, I. There's something about it that feels like escapism in a weird mm-hmm. way. Like, no, no, no. Normally, when I think of 
like something you indulge in for escapism. It's a fantasy, right? It is superheroes. Yeah. It's people with extraordinary powers. It's not a family with six kids. <laughs> right like that's not that's not the escaping is yes. like you you can you can probably find a family with six kids but the escapism is that they're 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 all so in sync they're all so like even when they have issues between siblings it's the like the jan is taking too long in the bathroom or yes. marsha's in there for like it's smaller stuff like that but when it comes down to like problems that the family faces as a whole, it's the entire family. It's almost like the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Four. <laughs> yes. Right? But there's eight of them and nine if you include Alice and ten if you include uh, Alice's boyfriend. The yes. And Sam. eleven if you now it. include the 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 carjacker Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, who was Alice's boyfriend on the series, he was like the local butcher they would go to and him and Alice uh-huh. would go out on dates and she was always like, gee, I wish he would pop the question. It's the 70s. I certainly can't ask him. But the f- I love when he just spends the night at the Brady house and he co- they find him in the kitchen. And he's like, oh, I was just delivering some meat. Like he's just a, the, <laughs> this he's movie not is incredibly with- horny. I was not expecting Absolutely. that at all. I the, the kids have not interacted with him yet to that point in the movie, although you imagine they do. They've seen him. They know who he is. Whenever they talk about the family from that point on, Sam is just still around. They're always like, we, Sam is part of us, too. Like, if you are just in the Brady vicinity for long enough, you are a Brady. They accept you. You don't even have to ask. You don't have to do anything. You stand there long enough. You're a Brady, too. Yep. <laughs> and to talk about the the horniness of it, I you're right when you say fantasy. This is, I think, the thing I still dream about today. What if I just had a husband who was an architect and we had a nice house and a bunch of kids? This truly nice is life. the dream. <laughs> right. And... When I was a little kid, I also loved the Adams Family movies and like that Adams Family show that was airing in the 90s, too. Another thing that I couldn't tell apart from each other. That's just all one continuity for little Melissa. Like Gomez and Morticia were like almost intimidatingly horny when you're that little. Like mm-hmm. it's too much for you to take this Mike and Carol Brady. Perfect. Perfect <laughs> Perfect amount of horniness to show a little kid who's barely understanding the concept of horniness, but understands it's the thing adults do. And she'll grow up and she'll be an adult once. And then maybe she can do this. Like, this is enough to not overwhelm a child, but to feel aspirational. (laughs) If that makes sense. When I'm like eight years old, Mike and Carol is the relationship I would like to grow up to have. I, I think I think they're very cute together. There's great chemistry between Shelley Long and, and Gary Cole. And one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is when he's just he thinks he's sold the 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 architecture plans that are gonna get the family twenty thousand dollars and they can stay in their mm-hmm. house. And she's sitting on his lap, like whispering dirty talk into his ear, and he's just nodding like he's on a phone call, like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, would you? Oh yes, I see. <laughs> oh yes, I see. 
it's like that's the thing is there's so many euphemisms in here some more obvious yes. than uh, uh, others but they make uh-huh. so many jokes that are meant to be like euphemisms that just aren't your typical euphemisms that's like why would you use uh-huh. that as euphemism like what is, what is going on here and it makes for like the most wholesome horniness yes like that that is the thing there are there is one character or no there are two characters that are a little bit more on the like this is actually mm. horny uh yes. there's uh I, I don't remember her name, but the neighbor's wife uh, that just yes. is kind of into Tina. all of the Brady yeah. boys, all of the them. great. Um, yeah, the great Gene Smart. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, then the like high school health teacher who uh, the middle well, Brady I, has a crush on. She, she's just presenting them a health lesson and she calls on one of the kids and it's this like tall beautiful busty woman with like some sort of a sensuous accent she's like peter why won't you come up to the board and here's take the pointer and trace the journey a sperm takes through the female reproductive system and like his eyes cross and he faints and then at the dance he's like got his hands up in a panic and he accidentally runs right into her and his hands are at like boob level and he's like yes again it's like the joke is regarding her but like she is not the same force that Jean Smart is. I thought you were going to talk about Marsha's lesbian friend, Noreen. Her, t- her t- 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 too. But even at the end, when the movie's m- all done and they, they're doing the end credits, they have the like nine cube yes. TV <laughs> thing where all the other characters are coming into everyone else's thing to like, uh, like, like uh, Marsha is interrupting Jan's cube and J- Jan is like, no, this is like get back Uh, i love that i love the two marches right and then Marsha is in her own and she's i forget what's happening in her actual uh noreen is there there. noreen shows up and like tries to like put a a hand over her shoulder and like oh yeah yeah yeah. touch her Uh, yeah but then for the middle brady boy it's the health teacher that comes back in and he's like cuddling her and caressing her and his head is like right on (laughs) on her her chest and she's just like uh, uh, what what is happening here like i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> like th- there's stuff like that that i thought was really like it's more blatant but i thought it was yeah. really funny uh and then of, of course then to see her like at the dance when the singer i'm not familiar with but is very Davey obviously Jones like an older singer yes yeah like an older singer from from uh from that from the old era and all the these the like all the women on staff just completely are fawning over yes. him and it's just like oh lord this is ridiculous I- <laughs> I do want to talk about that. I, I think that was a plot in the original series. Marsha promising her school that she'd get Davy Jones to perform at the dance back when Davy Jones was, was a big the star thing. of right. the time. Yeah. And then he does do a guest episode. I like that the same thing happens, but she's the only one who wants Davy Jones. He wants she it, thinks yeah. he's the absolute most. And like nobody else cares. I love that they bring Davy Jones in. And he does an entire song. It's yeah. it's not a bit. They don't cut away. He sings for like a whole three minutes. 
And like the grunge band that was performing at the dance, like backs him up. So you get him singing this beautiful, like classic 60s ballad with this modern, like rock grunge backing. Like that's a sincerely great song that they make in this movie. And I think that's just a lovely thing to do for the late Davy Jones is like, he's not just briefly in here. He gets to do an entire, very well-produced song. And then I love the joke at the end when the Brady's go to the talent show. And again, it's them and like a grunge band. And they do this like bright, sparkly costumes, like shiny, happy variety show number. And then the host is confused when he's like, the winners are the Brady bunch. And then you cut to the judges and it is Davy Jones and two other monkeys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, yep, that that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they <laughs> I think won. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like they they do all sorts of horny stuff, even with the lesbian friend that that Marsha has. Uh she is the like typical like 90s butch lesbian, uh, and Marsha just does not pick up on this at all period um and they 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 give her a good ending it's not like she she's just like like that yes shunned by the end of this because that's the 90s and tough Mm -hmm. break kid but no like there's another girl that kind of connects with her and yes they they get a happy ending they 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 get to hook up and become a couple it's great i I remembered Noreen, but I didn't remember everything they did with her. I she's an endearing character. <laughs> yeah. She feels specific. She's not like exactly a, a cookie cutter stereotype. And the movie seems to be on her side largely. Right. And yes. like when she stands up and like defends Marsha and like punches a guy who's being inappropriate with her. And then Marsha thinks it was like the other boy she was at the dance with. And is like, Oh, Charlie, thank you. And like goes off with him. Noreen just starts crying. And then this other girl, I think it's like the, the, the the big man on campus. It's like his girlfriend goes up to Noreen and like pulls a tissue out of her bra and hands it to her. And those two have a connection. And I like at the end during the talent show, that girl like gets up from her seat and goes and sits next next to to her. Yeah. Yeah, like, which feels like a very sweet sort of down to earth, very grounded thing to happen in the midst of all this. I am very happy that Noreen gets a happy ending out of this. Yeah, this for being a 90s movie, I feel like this is a very inclusive film. Um, Because even in the neighborhood, there was a gay couple uh, that literally... They don't have a speaking part. We don't know anything about them, but they are part of the neighborhood that all, as we learned, they all like each other. They Mm -hmm. all stick up for one another. They protect one another. Like, it's just inclusive in, in like, smaller ways that I I almost don't expect a 90s film Mm -hmm. to really do. I, I, I guess, I think after watching um the watermelon woman uh not too mm. long ago i from from the little bit that i know it, it seems like the 90s was also kind of a there was a major push for mm-hmm. uh like queer cinema 
and stuff like that. And I, I guess he, even with the the inclusion of RuPaul, right? Yeah. And and the drags insane. Um, so it's not like unfamiliar to '90s mm. movies, but mm. for something that feels like such a, a like a, a mainstream. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I could say this is a mainstream '90s movie, right? But it, <laughs> like, it feels more like that than a like indie cinema. Like, here's a yeah. queer, right? It, it yes, it's yes. meant to be styled after uh, like yeah. mainstream '90s movies. I can imagine that the movie has an awareness of the Bradys as an icon in like camp culture and how that is. Uh, adjacent to queer culture and like that's how they got there i don't know but i think i think it is nice the the brady's truly love and welcome all people <laughs> there's yeah. nobody they turn away so for the guy who puts his hand on marsh's shoulder and she's like that's third base i don't go that far <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um man it, 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 yeah i i had fun with this i laughed a lot um, mm. There's so many interesting scenes. So just each like one individual scene, I yes. feel like has so many callbacks to the original show or just something that would have happened in there. Even Marsha getting hit in the face with the football and her yes. nose is all mashed and it's flat. And she just had she's like, no, I can't go to the dance. Right. Um To. Yeah. She like completely forgot. She already said yes to another boy yeah. only to be nice to him mm-hmm. right um but yeah that there's just i i feel like each and every scene has so much that's just like this feels almost like perfectly crafted to to I, to be the brady bunch movie a lot of it is taken directly from the show uh getting hit in the nose with a football greg trying to become the rock star johnny bravo this is all from the original show. I think Johnny Bravo, we know uh, from Cartoon Network was named after this, I think. And there you go. Yeah. I like that the Brady's always act authentically like themselves. The jokes are all around the Brady bunch, but it's not like one of them picks up a magazine and is like, Pearl Jam, what do you think that means? Like they're, they are not doing contemporary of the time jokes. They are not breaking who they are in spirit. The movie truly is, it is exactly them as you remember them. Yeah. They are in a contemporary landscape. The landscape has to mold to fit them. They're not going to mold to fit it. They are not changing. Absolutely. You know what this also kind of feels like? I guess I could just save this for my recommendations at the end, but it it, it also feels like Emperor's New G- Garuv. In a way, right, where like Explain. They, they're they're wanting to renovate the land and build something on here, and so they they oh, have to like okay. go on in ad- adventure in air quotes to kind of solve that problem to either raise money or uh, to change back from llama form into human <laughs> form. Right? Uh, it feels kind of like that. Like they are. Dealing with a, a similar situation in their own way, where the kids end up raising $110 of the 2000 that they owe. So cute. Um, which I, I was kind of uh, 
not hoping, but expecting that money to come back somehow in a weird way. Like, oh, thank God the we had they did have $110. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that w- at the end when they all go out to eat? Is that the money they use to, like, go get their food or something? Can I, I don't know. I just, who knows? But, um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and they get the the twenty thousand dollars from the search for the stars contest. I <laughs> I talked about the Davy Jones number. I love the numbers that the Bradys do. The one in the Sears, so perfect that, that it that is. That was Sears. a great one. Yes. I just them like all like moving their arms around in synchrony, and like they're going up and down the escalator, and they're singing into like the TV display, and it's the grid of nine. And Michael McKean turns his face and there Just they like, are. Oh, no. They're haunting him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the number they do at the talent show, both. I would watch those bits over and over again when I was a little kid. I think because they are so big and bold and sincere. Like the the numbers themselves are not jokes. It is only the fact that they're juxtaposed against everything around them that makes them jokes. Yes. Like, I think when I was a little kid, I loved how, like, absolutely, truly sunny all of them were. But I also thought it was funny that they were out of place. Like, watching these movies again, w- watching the movie and seeing those numbers again, I'm like, I remember how high I felt as a little kid watching these. <laughs> Which may be a Melissa-specific feeling to watch a musical number and feel like you've ascended to another plane. Like, you can do <laughs> anything. You're so hyper already because you're seven. And you watch a bunch of people in sparkly outfits sing and dance. That's all you want to do. You want your life to be that. And then the uh, dad is an architect. Wow. What a life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want all of it. Golly. Is, see, what a I, life. <laughs> I, I was like second generation, big, crazy family. Like I'm like the middle child of three. And my older brother's much older than I am. So like he went away to college when I was five. Uh, and then my nephew was born a couple years later. So in that way, we were <laughs> we were we would go out and we'd always have to explain the structure of our family. Like we would take family photos, us kids and my older brother would have to be like, all right, so it's me, my little brother and sister and my son. <laughs> please photograph <laughs> us for our parents slash grandparents for this Christmas. please." <laughs> but my mom was one of 14 kids. And every year we'd have this big family Christmas party with like all of them and all of their kids. And like that, I loved it so much. I'm still like, I go to every single family event I am invited to. I I really love to spend time with my extended family. And I love that there are so many of them. I, I love a big, big group of people. I think this is what I was chasing watching so much Brady Bunch and Full House is that like I was not actively in my day-to-day among the big crazy family but i got a taste of that like once or twice a year and i loved it and i always wanted more yeah that that makes sense like you you had you had a connection to that where it 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 felt familiar but also was not yours so it's exactly like familiar but still aspirational yeah yes i want more to an alternate i don't have enough already um how yeah did you have any thoughts on this as an only child <laughs> i mean like i said i had i've seen some brady bunch back when it was on nick at night i'm sure it still is somehow some way where i don't know i don't know if, the, if 
if that I don't know if it still, still pops up or if it has moved generationally far enough ahead that now it's just Malcolm in the middle. And like, that's what uh, yeah. night is now. No clue. Yeah. Um, but no, I, the Brady Bunch was never really like a favorite of mine or something I was interested in. Um, the stuff that I ended up liking, like the older shows that I ended up liking, um, was like, get smart. And like, it was like spies, right. And stuff like that, even though it's like dumb comedy spies, uh, that's kind of what I enjoyed. And I think that also, I mean, you can see now that I, I like crime shows. I like spy movies. I like thrillers. Like I, I like that stuff. Um, but he, he, even older show, like I, I liked the Munsters, um, but I don't know. Like I, I was still also much more like just give me the new stuff. Like give me Cartoon Network, give me Dexter's mm-hmm. Lab, um, give, give me Powerpuff Girls. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I never felt like I, I had that same connection if that makes sense mm-hmm. but um I, I i was gonna say uh, to go back to the song and d- d- dance that they do in yeah. sayers uh they're like they they feel like they have this moment of triumph they just sold uh one of his designs for it it's and it's gonna end up being a, g- a gym um yes we learn and then michael later McKeon that goes that and talks through. about it yeah. But when when they think they've won, they're like, family, let's get ready. We're going out to Sears. And they're all just like, yeah, yes. Sears, uh, which I, th- I, th- I thought was hilarious. Uh, and then, yeah, they do this whole song and dance. And the other part of the joke that I think really works here is that everyone else is just looking at them like they are freaks. Yeah. Like, what is happening with these people? Like, what is going on? Um, And that's really, really funny. And then, yeah, they go to, like, the TV section where they have the, like, the the cam quarters and the hand cams that are all hooked up to the TV so they can be on screen. And they're all, like much closer to the the, the cameras than they probably should be. So everything is, like, blown out of proportion portion and stuff which i think is a great like just that that like two minute clip while they are singing and dancing and their pictures are all distorted on these television screens it's such a a great like in encapsulation of what the idea for this movie is Mm -hmm. everyone is looking at them strange because they are out of time and out of place there's all this newfangled technology around them that that just kind of makes them look even more distorted than than what they but they're just normal right that's just yeah that it is the brady bunch that you know from the old show um and yeah then they end up doing the nine tv grid they're each in there like it's 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 a good special moment i think for Mm. that show in like what's a modern way that we can depict uh, yeah this and i i think it, it works incredibly well another bit i love in the trip to sears is that alice finds this big sharper image like massage chair and everybody yeah. rushes over 
just to look at Alice in the chair. Like nobody else wants it. They're not like, oh, is it my turn next? They're just like, wow, Alice, congratulations. A massage Mom said it's my Alice. turn on the Xbox. <laughs> right. No, they're just happy for her to have this experience and they're not honing in on it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Even in these small ways, the Brady Bunch is so generous to each other, except for Jan. Yeah, just everyone's so mean to Jan. <laughs> she, just, mm. she just gets the worst of it all the time. She has these terrible nightmares where she tries to do something like vengeful or vindictive, mm. and it just goes completely wrong. And it backfires on her. Like there's one, she wakes up from bed and has the largest pair of scissors you've ever yes. seen in your life, and she starts. Cutting Marsha's hair, and she's just like, hey, like I will sell it and make twenty thousand dollars, and I'm an evil <laughs> minion. And and she like, uh, what, what's the the youngest Cindy name? She w- w- wakes up and is 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 like, what are you doing? You can't do this. And then that's when like the rest of the family comes in, like, what's happening? And they're all just like, oh, Marsha. What beautiful hair you have. I love the new haircut. And they're, yes. she's just sitting there like, no, I wanted it to be terrible and awful. And, ah. <laughs> it's so fun. It, it is. It's so good. I understand why you don't. But on a personal level, it's shocking to me that anybody doesn't know all of these characters names. I know them like they are I my mean, own family. You know, me. <laughs> I'm terrible with <laughs> names, period. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do want to say briefly that I love that the two littlest kids, uh, Cindy and Bobby, get their own stuff to do. They aren't just sort of pushed to the side and only included in group scenes. Like every cast member gets a sufficient amount of stuff to do. They're, they're very fair jumping around to everybody. I, there's maybe like a touch less Carol than everybody else, but Shelley Long kills it with just the reaction shots to every time like mike is talking and yeah. giving those preposterous pep talks that like go around in circles like <laughs> wherever you go like that dad there you are <laughs> it just yeah just all the nodding and smiling nobody's ever nodded and smiled like jelly long when when they do the the number in sayers and they're all on their t- yes. TV screens, she has this this look on her face, this like she's like almost winking and nodding, but she's just like, mm. yeah, <laughs> like that the, the the whole time, and it it is just distorted and blown out on on the mm. TV, and it looks ridiculous. She has some great facial ex- expressions. Um, yeah, and then her just about to speak, and then no, he continues, and, then, and, and, and your father's right. <laughs> like, just it's it's no matter what he says, has she just has to be like your father's right. <laughs> yes, I, and it's we years ago we watched Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Uh, in my opinion, the finest of all Scooby Doo adaptations. Which also is a very sort of meta look at its original story. The and Gary Cole of plays. Dudes. Absolutely. There's never been one scoopier. Gary Cole plays uh, the mayor of the town who is also Fred's dad. I feel oh, like okay. you draw a direct line from this performance to 
probably this is the guy we get to play Fred's dad. Yeah, <laughs> probably because even uh, the oldest Brady b- b- boy, he also seems like Greg. a Fred character, right? He's got real Fred energy. Yeah, it, it's Ken. One ascot it's short. Kenergy, right? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't know if I have much else to say on I- <laughs> the Brady Bunch besides stuff of just it's good. I had fun. It's hilarious. Go watch I, it. I, I did have such a good time watching this again. My roommate had never seen it. Barely knew Brady's. Didn't know how many there were. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. I it it it, it aged fairly well. There's this weird bit where Mike sells one of his designs to a Japanese firm. And I think that's the entirety of the joke is that they are Japanese. I'm like, what is the punchline here? Anything like that's like the the scratchiest moment in the movie for me, at least. Like like we said, there's things like Noreen getting a happy ending and like there being a gay couple just as part of all of the other couples in the neighborhood that are like, that's relatively advanced for 1990. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I had a blast with Good. this. It was funny. Like I was expecting something along the lines of this, especially since you were p- pitching it for like our Barbenheimer mm. uh, week here. But I, I don't think I was expecting it to be as funny and as enjoyable as it was as it turned out to be i I watched it with my Mm. girlfriend and we were both just being like this is a lot more enjoyable than we were expecting like this is (laughs) this is really good so yeah Mm -hmm. good stuff there um melissa is it time for bingo yeah do we have anything we can cross off on bingo to be honest i don't think we do um no i kind of looked at mine as I was pulling this up earlier and good, I, I don't good. think there is anything that we can do. No villain with a pet, no locked room mystery, no big puddle splash, no treasure map, no conspiracy. If only the second or, one might have a treasure map in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see something like that or some, it might not necessarily be a red string conspiracy board, but I could see something like that in a Brady Bunch thing or even like a no time to eat breakfast uh, yeah. scenario there. Right. Or a big puddle splash as only mm. Jan gets hit by the puddle and Marsha is just left there. Perfect. And she's just like, oh, why is it always Marsha? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Anyways, not much of a mm-hmm. bingo update mm-hmm. for you there. So, Melissa, let's get to recommendations yes. for people that enjoy this. What else might they like? Uh, I think the opposite side of the coin from the Brady Bunch movie would be the Adams Family movie from the 90s, which is mm-hmm. similarly a loving, authentic family that is so wholly themselves just placed into a world of other people who do not know how to deal with them. Right. Uh, yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld's the Adams family and Adams family values the sequel just as good, if not better outstanding, the both of them. Yeah. Perhaps the finest of these nineties movies based off old sitcoms. Sure. Uh, 
and a similar 90s loving parody movie of something from the 60s that contrasts its 60s-ness by being as 90s as possible also. So it's like you're watching two period pieces in one. Austin Powers. Love and Austin Powers. Uh, yeah. I think that I re- a movie I loved when I was a kid, even though I didn't understand most of it. I just liked it aesthetically. <laughs> I liked the energy <laughs> of Austin Powers. You had not now discovered that I'm older, James Bond yet and what it was. I knew, I knew he was. Like I... Some of the things I could look at and know that was a James Bond spoof just from I like cobbled together knowledge of what James Bond was from every parody I saw on everything until sure. like six years ago <laughs> when I just started getting into them on my own or I guess I guess Spectre came out in like 2015. <laughs> so, yeah, good old Maybe Johnny English was the one that was right. <laughs> Melissa saw and was just like, wow, I really need to go see James Bond. <laughs> I no, I didn't see that one. Uh, not experience with Johnny English. But again, you look at it and you're like, I that's a spoof of that James Bond guy. One of these days yeah. I got to find out about him. Um, I also want to shout out two episodes of the X-Files. Sure. Uh, there is a two part episode of X-Files in like season six, I think, called Dreamland, Dreamland one and two. Uh, where they go to some secret like military, some Area 51 type part in America and something happens where Mulder and another FBI agent played by Michael McKeon like switch bodies. Mm -hmm. So like I I saw that in reruns when I was like 16 and even though of course I'd seen him in this and other stuff up until then that was when I truly sat up and took notice of comedy legend Michael McKeon. (laughs) Just letting you know if you want more 90s nostalgia in the form of watching old episodes of X-Files, check those two out. Also, the second to last ever episode of the X-Files in like the original Fox run when the show concluded in 2002. The final episode of the show before the finale. What are they spending their penultimate episode on? Michael Emerson plays a guy with psychic powers who uses them to manifest the Brady Bunch. Like the way this episode goes, it's called like Sunshine Days. And somebody calls in saying, Hey, I had to deliver to a pizza. I had to deliver a pizza to this house. I swear it looked like the Brady Bunch house. I swear when they opened the door to collect the pizza, that was the Brady Bunch house. And I heard laughing and I saw little footsteps running. And I think that was Bobby and Cindy. And I don't know how to explain this, but I think the Brady Bunch is real now. And like Scully goes and investigates it. And they find that Michael Emerson from Lost is this guy who like had this really terrible childhood and loved the Brady Bunch and developed these omnipotent psychic powers where he could manifest anything. And he made the Brady Bunch real so that he could live with them. Amazing. And like, the, and, like they go up to like assistant director Skinner. Everybody's around saying like, gee, this is real. And like, that's one of the tipping points in the X-Files. <laughs> In getting all the people besides Mulder to believe that magic, like sci-fi stuff, is real, is this episode where the Brady Bunch. Bunch happens? Just the fact that that is the penultimate episode of this historic sci-fi show. It's not just one of them; it's like the last one they've been in before the you finale. You will believe that the Brady is a bunch. <laughs> you will remember a Brady and Bunch. Uh, just. Wanted to make sure people knew that that happened. Interesting. Out there in the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, 
I we we already mentioned the Flintstone comics. Yes. Um. I, they, I, they are incredible. I please go pick them up. Check them out. They are some of the funniest comics that DC has published in the last decade ish. Um, I I think you could add the Flintstones movie, the nineties movie, in on that, right? Or is that early two thousands? No, that's 90s. 90s. Um, I thought so. That's an I watched that a handful of years ago, and I can't speak to the quality of the film as a whole, but the production design, the costumes, the way that movie looks, it is artistically a triumph in that regard. (laughs) Like, yeah, watch, go see Barbie, watch the Brady Bunch movie, watch the Flintstones, just all three of these for the set design. Yeah. Um, and then that odd one that I pulled out closer towards the end there. Go watch Emperor's New G- Groove. Like, <laughs> a, kind of, almost a similar plot. Kind of. Without sure. Cusco's poison. The poison for Cusco. The poison specifically designed yeah. for Cusco. Um, it's been 20 years since we've had a good man turns into a llama movie. <laughs> well, there was Tusk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's also the lobster I, I yeah watch those three next to each other next week on the review show <laughs> <laughs> what a triple feature <laughs> uh, yeah uh let's see anything else that uh i i'm thinking of that i can recommend that, that would fit with the like barbie energy um i mentioned legally mm, blonde yeah i'm wondering if i have anything in my comic in mechanics i don't think so i think that's where i will leave things then for my recommendations um i think those are a hand, handful of good things mm-hmm. handful of good stuff it's i mean well i did mention get smart there is that get smart movie. yeah with Steve Carell, that one I think was I early having 2000s-ish. a fun time with that. Um, yeah, something there. So yeah, there you go. Those would be my recommendations, mm-hmm. Melissa. Normally, yes, this would be my pitch for next mm. week. But we have kind of a special occasion. Uh, yeah, Futurama is coming back, and. Futurama has always been a show that I like and enjoy, even though I've barely seen any of it. You, on the other hand, have seen a lot more. I have seen all of it. Yeah, you're also a big Simpsons fan. Uh, But I I've I like I remember when Futurama first came out when it first got canceled when it got canceled again after it came back like like i've i've been around for its history if that makes sense so uh yeah you have a handful of episodes of futurama that we're gonna check out for this next week yeah this is uh, akin to what we did last year where for halloween we each picked three episodes of the twilight zone uh Mm -hmm. some something i'd like to do more often for these long-running episodic shows that are just cumbersome to talk about in their entirety do these survey episodes where we just pick a handful of them and talk about those platter uh yeah yeah, and you graciously let me pick all of our futurama episodes 
Uh, I did seven of them. It was really hard for cool. me to cut one. So we're doing seven instead of our usual six. I'm sending That's you that A-okay. list right now. Uh, this includes, I gave you the episode numbers as they appear on Hulu. Okay. Cool. If you're watching on another platform, it might be slightly different. Uh, because the show ran four seasons on Fox. And then it did four direct-to-DVD movies that were then cut up into, like, three half-hour episodes each. And, like, those aired somewhere. And, like, Hulu Mm. counts those as, like, another season of the show. It's like the season is off if you watch it there versus if you just, like, buy everything. Like, I I physically own all of Futurama. Uh, So the episodes we are covering are Parasites Lost. I picked this one because uh, I saw the episode list for the new season of Futurama premiering on Hulu on the 28th. And that includes an episode called Parasites Found. So it seems like they're returning to this classic episode. Cool. We're doing Parasites Lost, The Luck of the Fryish, Roswell That Ends Well, The Sting, a personal favorite of mine. And then from the later Comedy Central seasons, I have the late Philip J. Fry, another personal favorite, The Prisoner of Benda, which is the episode that invented a math theorem. I know I've mentioned that to you before, so I wanted us to watch that episode. Uh, And then Meanwhile, which is the series finale of Futurama up until its current reboot. (laughs) So let's watch the last bit of Futurama they did. The last time they thought they were ending the show for good. Perfect. So we're going to watch those seven episodes, try to get a mix of both the homes that the show had, different... T- there is a lean towards the more emotional episodes because those are my favorites, but I try to put a couple like... Like Roswell that ends well is one of the best just plain comedy episodes of the show. So I, I hope we've got a fair sample of everything. Cool. Good. I'm excited. Yeah, I've I've only really caught random episodes i i couldn't really tell tell you which ones those are uh but i've always really enjoyed futurama um i i like it a lot so i'm excited uh welcome back futurama is what i'll say there um Mm -hmm. but yeah Cool. Uh, well, with that, uh, also just a reminder that I, I, I guess the week after this, we will be covering the fourth and final season of The Good Place uh, as yes. our end of the month special. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, with that, I think that about wraps us up for this week. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There you go. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and on Threads. Uh, if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter and at The Whatnots Official on Threads. Uh, so please go like, share, subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got some more videos for your right over there. Please go check those out. That would help us out a ton as well. But this has been the Palindromatic episode 262 of the Whatnots Review Show. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.